This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts, or those who take themselves too seriously, namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers, and other fanatics. Your Hobby is Shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. Since day dot, humans have invented, inadvertently stumbled across, or tried to discover passions and stuff they're good at by having a go at hobbies. We might use them for pleasure, health, fitness, to combat loneliness, or to distract us from reality, all in the hope we can find meaning in our lives. Hobbies can be bizarre, addictive, psychologically revealing, and sometimes even beyond ridiculous. But, whatever your hobby, chances are, it's at the very least, a little bit shit. So listen in and prepare for your hobby to be exposed. I'm Sean Woodland, host of Your Hobby Is Shit. Alright, welcome to episode 44, working very late and hard on release day on a Wednesday to make sure I get this free service out to you good people. Uh, Both my parents have got COVID now. Just after the old man started coming good, mum got it as well. Uh, her symptoms are a bit different to dad's. She's sneezing all the time. Thank fuck I don't have it because with this broken rib business, I'd be in some serious trouble. I've sneezed a few times over the past week and the pain is so intense that even my kids have displayed a modicum of sympathy for me. I'm glad that my mum and dad didn't choose to do their own research, another definition for which is engaging in some confirmation bias. Uh, Had they done so, there's a fair chance one or both of them may no longer be with us. But as it is, triple and even quadruple vaccinated, they're going well. Speaking of the busted rib, a special shout out to one of my loyal listeners, who not only turned up to last week's show at short notice, it must be said, uh, that I did with Cam Knight in Davistown, which is near the Central Coast. Uh, Not only did this listener turn up, but brought with them a 10-pack of Endone to help alleviate my pain, Uh, something they've managed to achieve with aplomb. You know who you are. (laughs) Thank you kindly. I had a good couple of week gigs last week. Davistown was lovely. I survived a lunchtime corporate at the Clavelli Surf Club on Friday. And then I got to host an event called The Best of the Fest on Saturday at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. Uh, it was broadcast live on TikTok, which meant that Lou and the kids could not only watch, but also get an insight into what all the cowards at home thought of their husband and father by reading the comments. Uh, Some of the acts I was on with, they read the comments during the show, something I wouldn't have encouraged. I mean, it's all right for me, but some of them still have souls. Some nasty shit gets written online. My kids reckon the best ledge I copped was, here comes the troll again. I'll take that. Not many tickets left to either of my two shows for my big season at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Is it maybe a couple, I don't know how many, four or five for Thursday the 12th, which is like tomorrow now, or depending on when you're listening, but it could be tomorrow, it could be today, it could be yesterday, or it might even be three years ago. There's one or two left at most 
for Friday the 13th. Uh, unlucky for some, not for me. I was born on a Friday the 13th. And there's still tickets left for Luke Heggie's show on Saturday night at the Enmore Theatre. And I'll be opening for the man. I believe he's doing an audio recording of the show. So definitely no low breed should come to that one. Because if there's one thing that Heggie hates, it's fucking lowies. Being charitable is a hobby that many people, they get right into it nowadays. And from where I sit, it seems the less that is required of them, the more charitable they become. Like obviously that old bloke who collects money from drunks on a Friday night at the pub for the salvos doesn't know that you don't even need to leave the laptop to be a good philanthropist and thereby guaranteeing yourself entry to heaven. Uh, nor do those pathologically friendly sociopathic parasite backpacker charity muggers who come up and invade your personal space in shopping centres. They don't know that if only... Well, if only they did know that you can change the world for the better, eradicate disease, poverty, racism, violence against women and war by simply liking social media posts or temporarily adding a coloured filter to your profile picture. Like, it's so easy to be a good person now. Seriously, all you need is an internet connection and a working index finger. Personally, I've done so much good in the past decade that I've developed a mild case of RSI, my index finger, or my like finger as I prefer to call it, would you believe no one is raising awareness, nor has started a charity for that. Uh, I'm thinking of starting to go fund me. My, my index finger's been so busy. Look, I get the sentiment. Why would you bother doing anything remotely good unless a significant number of people know about it? Like, you know, I do it whenever I'm at the playground with my kids. I speak extra loudly and more lovingly to them than I do anywhere else, particularly at home. Uh, I also make sure that I pick up rubbish in front of people all the time, and they don't know it's to make up for the guilt I feel about throwing Macca's wrappers out the car window all the time. I love picking up cigarette butts in front of people down at the beach. They've got no idea I'm collecting them to smoke later that night <laughs> or to put in the mobile. <laughs> But even an upstanding Samaritan like me forgets how easy it is sometimes. Uh, my wife, sister-in-law and I were sitting out the back in the cold last Saturday night talking absolute shite. And it was a bit fresh Saturday night. I mean, it wasn't quite CEO sleep out cold, but, you know, if we didn't have the gas heater on, it might have been. Mind you, at one point I had to change the gas bottle over for the barbecue uh, to the heater, so the evening, it definitely wasn't without discomfort. But while we were drivelling shit that I thought that it was on a Saturday, 7th of May, that Lou and I had met for the very first time, um, due to the regular intake of liquid stu- substances that had preceded this realisation, neither of us were able to work out whether or not it had been 11 or 12 years ago. Uh, thankfully, Joe, the sister-in-law, pointed out that Sam was now 10 years and nearly three months old, so we worked out that it was 11 years. Uh, still, the point is that I missed a wonderful opportunity to post about this auspicious anniversary on social media, and in the process, I missed out on attention and the potential of further convincing people of my fundamental decency as a husband. Uh, you know, but... While I could have been doing that, instead we had a few drinks, listened to some music and talked shit and laughed. 
What a wasted opportunity. I then missed another one to post about Mother's Day the following day. I'm not usually into making excuses. But in my defence, the reason I didn't post about my mum on social media for Mother's Day is because I actually fucking spoke to her for an hour. And after I got off the phone, I forgot. More the fool me. Often we only find out how charitable some people are just before or after news breaks that they're actually a selfish piece of shit who, when they're not handing over enormous fake checks, visiting sick kids in hospital or walking the red carpet at black tie events, they're terrorising women, committing fraud or beating the absolute shit out of strangers. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sold on charity. I think I've mentioned before, I found this one too, there was a charity now that if, if you buy a $20 bottle of wine, it means that a family that lives in one of the world's less inhabitable shitholes gets clean water for a year. I mean, great way to conceal your alcoholism. And no, I don't know how the fuck they can make that claim when it's clearly absurd. I know some people who, if they were purchasing that particular wine, though, they could have collectively cleaned the world's water just during the pandemic. Uh, That shit's so transparent and vacuous, I'm surprised this particular wine company doesn't sponsor the CEO Sleepout. Uh, It'd make things a lot easier, too. Or give discounts to homeless people so, you know, they can do their bit, too. Uh, the CEO Sleepout, that's, that's a wonderful promotional opportunity, isn't it, for some filthy rich attention seekers to soothe their entitled souls by pretending to be homeless for probably about six hours, sleeping rough on camp beds while cocooned in puffer jackets and suitably insulated sleeping bags with pillows and beanies for their superior heads to remain protected for the elements, from the elements. All in the name of compassion for their fellow man and charity, eh? That's a quandary, isn't it? It's hard to be critical of someone who purports to be doing good. Well, not for fucking me, it isn't. I don't doubt for a minute that there's plenty of people who participate in that CEO sleepout every year with good intentions. In fact, I might know a few, but they're not fucking CEOs. Um, Just as I'm absolutely certain there's plenty of filthy rich miscreants with questionable business practices and skew-if moral compasses who engage in things like the CEO sleepout just to appease their disturbed consciences. I looked up some of the participants who are raising money for the CEO sleepout this year. Fuck me. There's a fair few arseholes in there. One earns well over like a million a year, owns 20-odd properties, and that's just salary, and he's trying to raise 60K. The fucking nerve. And another one is a, like a not just a real estate agent, but like a massive real estate agent. And you know, like, is he fucking real estate? And that sham doesn't contribute to homelessness. The CEO Sleepout raised nine million bucks last year. Self-aggrandizing token bullshit that is. But you can you can check your local event location page if you want to get in. It's an event, a fucking event. Like the richest bloody 50 or 100 people in the country could sort this problem out and they wouldn't even miss the money. But why would they? I've done the passed out, drunk and loser sleep how many times. I don't think that to understand that homelessness is tragic and bad, you need to fucking sleep outside for a night. Like it's just, oh God. I'll believe these CEOs of fair income when they sleep on piss-stained cardboard boxes in horizontal rain. If the best we can do for the more unfortunate members of our community is to patronise them by pretending to be like them for a few hours, I don't want any part of it.
raising awareness and charity my ass. I read online that our two erstwhile political leaders, ScoMo and Albo, had another debate prior to the federal election, which thank fuck is only 10 days away now. Luke Heggie and I voted yesterday, as we'll both be away on the 21st. Um, he collected how to vote cards from the United Australia Party and One Nation and the Family First Party. So you can see why we're such good mates. I would sooner set myself on fire than watch a debate between those two blokes. I'd prefer to have bowel surgery with a stick. I'd cover my ass in honey and sit on a bull ant's nest. I'd I'd go to Bali for a holiday. I'd swim up the road on dusk in the shark-infested waters. Why would you put yourself through it? Like I did an episode on debaters a while back. Being good at debating, it means just that. You're good at debating. Arguing. Who fucking likes arguing? Wankers, that's who. Being good at arguing says nothing else about you. It certainly doesn't make you right. I've got an anti-vaxxer conspiracy theory, mate, who could out-argue anyone. He has an answer for absolutely everything. You know, one of those people that never asks questions. Does it make him right? No, it makes him fucking mental and annoying. And while on the subject of politics, one more thing. Former Labor politician Mark Latham, who very nearly became Prime Minister. Well, he's still a cunt. He is the most poignant example of what can go wrong with men as they age and the bitterness ferments. If you're overseas or unaware around Australia, just Google his name and see what he said this week. It was cruel, provocative and completely unnecessary. What a fuckstick. Last week, we uh, or I spoke about an umpire shortage in the AFL and the potential reason, reasons for that. Well, on Saturday, I helped out uh, my daughter Boris's under-8s team in their first game of the year in the Kick. I helped their coach out, and he's a ripper. And not formally, like I do for the under-10s, where I'm the uh, assistant coach. But uh, last week, I got sent down to goal umpire so I can help direct the kids around a bit. And there's two girls in Boris's team, Boris and one other. Now, Boris will be pretty handy, but at this stage of the game, I'll go out on a limb and say this other kid will play AFLW if she wants to. Absolute gun. Anyway, she beats four boys, bursts through tackles, blind turns, and kicks a goal. Now, they don't keep score, but they still have someone as a goal umpire. So, of course, I signal goal. Ten seconds later, this inbred cocksucker standing 20 yards to my left starts getting stuck into me telling that it wasn't a goal. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a party when someone there is being an absolute dead shit, and people tolerate it for a while, but eventually someone with a bit of courage, you know, like a whistleblower, I suppose, but at a party, someone with a bit more balls than everyone else, calls them out. But it's them that ends up looking like the prick. Uh, So I was conscious of that. I didn't want to look like the arsehole, even though it was this other bloke. So I resisted yelling out that it was a goal, that it didn't matter, and to stop being a twat. But it did piss me off, and and I couldn't let it go. So instead, what I did at quarter time, I sort of sidled up to him, did my best sneer, and said, they're fucking eight years old, you dickhead. (laughs) Did the trick. He went into his shell, just another loser, trying to live vicariously through his children. Uh, The Big Nuts family are coming to Sydney this weekend. His daughters are adults now, but... Big Nuts always told me how their sport 
He's always gone and sat by himself to keep away from the dickheads. Good advice. But he's always been better at holding his tongue than I have. Rightio, a sneak peek now. Hiko, in between touring all over New South Wales at the moment, has been working very hard to produce our intro music for our new podcast, Mad Dogs. I reckon we're only a week or two away from releasing episode one now, and it's going to be a cracker. Uh, we know, I know that you'll all come across to that one. Uh, but before then, here's a sample of what the legend mix put together for us. How fucking good is that, eh? With all due respects to my man Cam Knight and the free music from Garage Band that I've used for this podcast, I'm sure you'll agree Mix left me for dead. I'm getting quite excited about the new potty now. I hope you are too. And oh, fuck, it's just flashed up on my phone. I didn't realise this. There's another debate on right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, fucking hell. What an awful indictment. Two debates in how many days? Four. Just hold on, people. Only another week and a bit and we can all get back to not giving a fuck about politics. The only people I really reckon that deserve to be heard at the moment are the swinging voters. The rest of us, we're just like footy fans. One-eyed fucking idiots. It's victim of the week. Uh, victims of the week, plural this week, uh, the dear people of Canberra, my old hometown. Uh, it was very sad to hear that Kingsley's Chicken uh, is closed down in the Canberra suburb of Belconnen. After it must be a good 30 or 40 years, so I can assure you, uh, I told um, a mate Kenny in England, and he was uh, saddened to hear it also, as would be many uh, friends of mine, if that chips and gravy didn't quite cure a hangover, it came very fucking close. And uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the people of Canberra, so you're going to have to find a substitute. R.I.P. Kingsley's Chicken. Anyway, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I'm meant to be rehearsing my show, not drinking beer and talking to you people as much as I love doing so. I hope you'll all have a great week. And after my Sydney Comedy Festival shows, we'll find out if my hobby is shit. Thanks for lending me your ears for another episode. All going well, I'll be back next week with current news and some harsh but fair critiques of more shit hobbies. You know where to find the podcast. Please subscribe to and share it. Or don't. I'll be okay. You can find Your Hobby Is Shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback, suggestions and abuse are all greatly appreciated. And if you're, for example, the manufacturer of a great beer like, say, the Immortal Pale Ale and you're looking to sponsor an enlightening podcast, I'm open to offers. Thanks again. I'm Sean Woodland, the host, writer, producer, editor and complaints handler at Your Hobby Is Shit. Sorry, there's no fucking outtakes this week. I'm a busy man. 
Good on you for trying, but there's nothing, nothing funny to come. Or maybe one little thing. (laughs) I've really got to grow up.